You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. As always, Thursday podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Corey and Daniel. Welcome back, guys. Howdy ho. Hello. Draft is draft's almost here. We're going to say that, what, three, four more times? Mm-hmm. Then the draft will be here. Yep. It's heating up. Lamar Jackson still doesn't have an agent, um, which means he still doesn't have a team. So there's that. Uh, what else this week? Let's see. Colts still haven't traded up to number three. Colts still haven't traded number three. Rogers God, still God knows why. Rogers is still a Packer. Hey, can you guys answer that for me? Why haven't they traded? Yeah. Why are the Colts sitting at four when they could trade up one pick? <clears throat> your, your sell to the Cardinals is, look, if you want Will Anderson, guess what? You still get him. We'll give you, what, like a, a second this year and a second next year, and we'll swap first, and you get the pick of the two quarterbacks that are left. Someone's going to jump them. Arizona's trading out of that pick. I'm telling you right now. And what do you, then what do you think Indy, Indy's going to be stuck with Will Levis. Well, what do you think about not if that happens? What would you say to Indianapolis not taking a quarterback at all, taking the best player in the draft, or moving back? Like, why would they pay up to get the third best third best quarterback? Those guys bust, man. Why would you pay more well, than the pick? If you're going to not move up this year. I think you're going to be good enough to not have a top five pick next year. So then you're going to have to pay even more next year. That's my opinion. I heard a theory out there that kind of pissed me off. Okay. It was about, it was just speculative, but what if the Colts don't trade up to three? They do get jumped by a team like the Texans. Tennessee, Tennessee the Titans. Yeah. So I said Texans. I meant Titans. So then you have two of your division right. mates. Huge problem. Sitting right in front of you. Huge How problem. awesome does that feel? But then they're sitting at four. Best player in the drafts there. Take him. Build your defense even better. And at that point, trade your future picks. Go get Lamar Jackson. It's an option. That's an option. Like that becomes an option. At that point, it makes sense. It if makes I sense was a franchise, like I don't want, that. I don't want that to happen. But that would be not a bad situation. If I was looking at Will Levis, or. I could draft Will Anderson and somehow get Lamar Jackson on the team also. That's what I would do. Okay. So, so would you, so, but you're saying, why haven't they given their pick that could be Will Anderson potentially? Cause that's could very well be what happens. It could end up being Will Anderson if they don't trade up. Why would they give that pick and more to get the third best guy who's a crapshoot, a development de- developmental piece? Yeah. Why would they do that? Yeah, so just my thoughts on why aren't they trading up? They could be calling the Cardinals bluff, right? So if if the Cardinals trade back too far, then they don't get Will Anderson, right? So if the Cardinals like, yeah, well, we're sitting real pretty here at three, we can get Will Anderson, best player in the draft. We got our franchise quarterback. Well, if you trade down past five or six, you're you're not getting Will Anderson. So the Colts could be like, maybe the Cardinals don't trade out, and they're just going to sit there and wait. 
Um, and I think I've the also, Cardinals need so much. They, I don't. If they get a haul, I don't think they'll care much. The Cardinals need a lot. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair too. Um, but also at the same time, I was thinking about. All right, so we're assuming C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going one and two, correct? We're assuming yep. that, but the more I think about it, I don't know that Bryce Young's going to. The more I think Bryce about Young it, could go one. There's something in my gut that said Bryce Young doesn't go one or two. Wow. Yeah. So what if the Texans pick Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud exactly. as the number one pick? What, then what how if, valuable is that number three? Everyone's going to be clamoring. Absolutely. So that's or, why the Colts position themselves for that. Okay, sorry, back to my initial thought. So let's say it's Stroud, Young. You've got to assume those are the two guys that are probably going to go. The next two options are Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I think for the Colts, Anthony Richardson may not make a lot of sense right now just because he's more of a project guy. Like, you're almost going to have to throw Anthony Richardson into the fire if if you're the Colts and he's your pick, which may not be the best formula for him. Therefore, I think the Colts at four with those two guys on the board would probably take Levis because he's a little more pro-ready, runs a pro-style offense, and it's somebody I think they could feel comfortable starting, so, you know, if not day one, somewhere in that first season. But Daniel, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. So the, in – if they think they can get Levis at four, no matter what, if somebody's going to trade up, they think it's going to be for Anthony Richardson. They may just sit at four and just wait. Maybe Levis is their guy right now. As, as much as I hate to say it, that could be the case just because of who he is and what the you know what they want for right now and in the future. Daniel's question was, why haven't the Colts traded up to three? And I guess my question back to Daniel is, if you were an NFL GM, let's say it's not the Colts. Let's not make this about the Colts. Let's say you had the five pick and you wanted a quarterback and we knew there was a significant tier break. Would you, how much more would you give to move up two spots to get the third best player, maybe third best quarterback player, knowing that both of them, Corey said Richardson is a developmental piece. Levis is too. Like he is not a sure thing. Like he's going to take a lot of work. He's not a sure thing, but he's more <laughs> pro ready right now. Like he's somebody you could start day one if you had to. I'll meet you because there. of what he ran at ran in Kentucky. I'll meet you there. But how much more could you give other than that already super valuable pick? I don't think you can give a lot more, and it, de- it demands more because of the situation. It's a gotcha. They're playing gotcha right now, and what I what I appreciate about Ballard is he doesn't really get into the whole gotcha game. He just doesn't play that game. We'll see. I don't know what's going to happen. I personally would probably be more upset as a Colts fan to see them. Was it going to take a second or a third? The pick plus a second? Probably. I mean, it feels like, right? And Ballard loves his picks. He fucking loves them. So I don't think he, I think I think that's why. If it was a sure thing, he'd have done it. I I think. I wish I could have known if he would have tried to get to one. He, I'm sure he called. I'm sure he called. He had his, I'm sure he had his price. And we got to remember, after, you know, let's talk about a scenario where, okay, uh, somebody jumps us. We get Will Levis at, or I'm sorry, Will Anderson at four. Well, we've got an early second round pick. Let's say we trade up late into the first round and we draft Hinton Hooker. Maybe Hinton Hooker's their guy, right? So you still have options even if four comes and goes and you don't have a quarterback. One option. Still, 
<laughs> one option. As an well, hooker, no, no, just like, you have two options. So if you get jumped and somebody takes mm-hmm. Hendon Hooker and you're, you know, paying Lamar Jackson as your last resort, you pay Lamar Jackson, you instantly have arguably the best quarterback in your division. And you can kind of laugh at everybody, but you're going to have to pay him. That's that's the, the caveat where with a rookie, you know, if he performs well in his first two or three years, you've got a hell of a deal because you don't have to pay him anything. Well, the Colts, yeah. the Colts need a They do need a quarterback. We know that for sure. One position they don't need this year is running back. And that's the point of today's show. It gave us, we took all of 45 seconds to turn this into a Colts show. Good job, guys. But let's get let's Sorry. get this thing back I on the rails. It. Let's get it back on the rails. <clears throat> Today, excuse me, we're talking about our favorite prospects in the draft at the running back position. And I've got to give myself some credit there. That was a nine out of ten transition back to the back to the point. That was Solid. a good one. That was nine point two. Nine point two. Solid. So it's been pretty much decided. Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the class. Typically, we like to play this game where we like start at the bottom. And what we like to think is that we're teasing you to listen all the way to the end of the show. When in reality, <laughs> we, we know that's not going to work, but that's just what we do anyway. Okay. That's the way things go. So we're going to tease you all the way up to number two. We're going to tease you all the way to yeah. number two this time because it would be ridiculous to pretend anybody but Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the class. Go ahead, guys. Uh, give me 30 seconds on Bijan. Everybody knows. Tell me what you see. What do you expect? Oh, and wait, wait, how about this? Tell me who you hope gets Bijan Robinson the most. Tell me that. Go ahead, Daniel. Um, that's a question I haven't thought about. Yeah, I think. So this has a couple of different moving parts because I would like to see him on a couple of offenses that have a guy in place right now that is questionable. So like the Bengals are the first team that comes to mind because I know Mixon, I think they're the team is waiting on um, his legal trouble to kind of sort itself out. I think before they decide whether they want to move on from Mixon. And so the Bengals Mixon's not getting charged. That's been decided. The legal troubles okay. are over. Yeah. But he still may or may not be on the Bengals next year. That part's true. Um, so, I like Buffalo. I like Cincinnati. Um, heck, at this point, I would even take Dallas now that Zeke's gone, even with Pollard there. Um, I actually have heard Atlanta a lot, and I don't hate it uh, because they have a very underrated offensive line, um, and his only competition would be Tyler Algier. Um, so, yeah, those are probably the top four, I think, for me. Uh, I'm just kind of looking through the uh, old NFL roster here. The, Mi- the Miami Dolphins kind of stick out. I know they're more of a speed team, but if they could put a workhorse in that backfield, that you know, you got a workhorse and then Tyreek Hill on the outside and uh, the Alabama kid, that's pretty dynamic. Detroit Lions. Yeah, Jalen Waddle. Um, Detroit Lions could use a little oh, more God. juice in the backfield. They just lost Detroit. Uh, Jamal Williams. Imagine oh, Detroit. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even uh, think about them. And that offense is already See, explosive. A yeah, you have David Montgomery, makes... DeAndre Swift, and B. John Robinson. Yeah, they need, uh, no, they need a workhorse. Here's the one I've seen that's the saddest uh, that a lot of people are projecting is Seattle. Oh, my God. There's no way. That's cool. that's what I'm thinking. That's ridiculous. They're, like, they're top of the odds. That's like, look at Vegas. Ridiculous. Look at Vegas right now. 
What? Seattle is a top five that is team. Completely so, ridiculous. I thought so too. And I really hope it doesn't happen. But why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. They won't do more that. firepower. I I hope they don't. That's I'm just I'm just telling you what I've seen. Vegas literally I, stealing people's money is what that is. Is Kenneth Walker is he hurt? No, no. he's fine. Okay. I didn't think so. Okay. Anyway, Bijan Robinson is going to be the first quarter, first running back taken. Uh, that's pretty easy to see. I expect him to be in the first round. Is he the only running back that goes in the first round? Maybe not. Okay. Then let's go down to six. Normally we do top five, but we're already doing the first one right off the board. Bijan Robinson is unanimous. So we're going to give you five more. Ready? Who goes first? Daniel goes first. Daniel goes first. Okay. So we're starting at six. Yep. Um, I was telling these guys before the show, the really good and bad thing about this class is that it's very deep. Um, There are tons of guys that I think could all really tie. There's, there's a slight cliff to me outside the top three. Um, So I don't knock anyone for their rankings of any pre-draft running backs of four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I really don't. (laughs) There's so many guys in this mix. Um, so honestly, it was pretty hard to put this list together. It was really challenging. I've been ranking my running backs for like two weeks. Um, just doing some, um, research here, but my number six guy, I decided on Sean Tucker, um, Syracuse, very, very solid running back. Um, five, I'm seeing five, five, 10, two Oh five, which I like that. Um, just uh, over 200 pounds. Um, and so he could carry a little bit more of the workload. Um, he can catch well. He had 36 catches last year. Um, in the last two years, he's had 23 touchdowns. So the production profile is there. He's had over 200 carries both times um, back in 21 and 22. Um, so he, he has proven that he could carry the load. Um, he's very fast if you get him in the open field. And um, I, I thought it was just a very solid player on not a very good team. Um, my pro comp for him was Tony Pollard. I think it, uh, I was, I was a little more influenced with Corey on this one. He's got the arm tape up and down the arms. Oh, he's got yeah. the, 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 <laughs> the towel flying. And I was like, man, he just looks like Tony Pollard <laughs> with that tape all the way. But, um, Sean Tucker is someone that I'm really curious to see what the NFL teams think of him um, come draft time. Cause a lot of these guys like Sean Tucker and the next couple, they could go in any range of like early third round to sixth round. And that tells you exactly what, what the NFL teams are seeing. But I, I really do like Sean Tucker RB six, 21 years old too, just a solid running back. Okay. I have no notes on Sean Tucker. I didn't get that far into the uh, running back class. Um, but back, I mean, back to what you said, it's pretty deep at the end of the day. And I, I, I kind of devalue running backs, you know, especially when they get further into the careers at the end of the day, if you got an offense, that can open holes for these guys. They can all be successful. There are a couple guys at the top that, are, you know, they could be real difference makers, which is probably what we're really looking for here at number six. I've got Devin a chain. Um, I thought it was, initially thought it'd be pronounced a Ch- or something. Yeah. It is, it is pronounced a chain. Uh, he ran the fastest 40 at the combine, a four, three, two, which is blazing speed. 
Uh, he lined up as a kick returner for Texas A&M. He's 5'8", 188, so a real small guy, but really fast. He's spectacular in the open field. Uh, knocked him easily. He, he can struggle between the tackles. He doesn't really have that size, but if he can get a hole and bust through that second level, he's a, he can absolutely take take one to the house any at any time. My only concern is that the next level, if if he's your starting running back, you're going to be chipping away early in the game, and if you don't have success with a chain back there, you might go away from him. Uh, but just because of his ability to be a kick returner i've seen him spread out wide as a wide receiver i mean he's a weapon so he's gonna have value in the nfl especially especially with that speed teams that want to add more speed uh you know he could be more of like a positionless guy for them run him and uh i'm trying to think when they run across the field I, for some reason i can't think of the word um but yeah definitely, sorry, definitely yeah. what'd you say I was, I was sorry i was missing it i was looking at some notes here couldn't help you on that one. Yeah. Sorry. Devin, Devin A. Chain, uh, definitely a weapon here. Kick returner. If he can find a way to get between the tackles, you know, he could be a really good player in the NFL. I think he can be a good player. Somebody will find a role for him. You know, when we look at guys like this, this reminds me of Cook from last year. He's small. He's small. He was very productive in college. Productive enough in college. Um, came in at 188 pounds. Guys, I'm 180 pounds. Like... I, like we're going to laugh about this because obviously it's a different type of 180 pounds. Okay. Like I'm a little bit overweight at 180. Okay. Let's just call it what it is. But the, the reality is we're going to be looking at some undersized guys here. We're talking about a player who's 5'8 and 188 pounds. I have real concerns about what kind of productivity he's going to have when we're looking at NFL level uh, linebackers and NFL defensive line. Uh, Corey, you're absolutely right. If he's a weapon piece, I think he can be utilized as more than just a running back. Maybe one of the best running backs in the draft if he's being used as uh, a special teams guy. I think um, Naeem Hines, Buffalo Bills. Like there's a special teams player that could fit the mold here. What do you think, Daniel? That was my player uh, pro comp for him. A smaller, faster Naeem Hines. Because he lines up in the slot. He could take over a game with his explosiveness. Um, he's got um, a lot of, I, I say attitude, but what I meant is like, you know, passion, like Naeem Mines has, like he makes a good run and everyone runs over and he's just headbutting them and he's just like a, you know, just a really passionate player. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I loved his tape. He's just so explosive and so fast. He's my running back eight. So, I mean, it's not like he's not on my board. But just guys like this, I tend to shy away from just because of their size. You know, I, I tend to look at this as how much workload will he get? And I don't think A-Chain will ever be a starting running back unless there's injuries. He's going to be a third down role player. Um, even though he struggles at sometimes with catching outside of his body, he can, he can, he's good at catching, but I, I really struggle with, a chain because he, like you said, Corey, he is the fastest running back in this draft. Just plain and simple. Everyone can see it. It's on the game film, but you need more than that to be able to withstand the beating of the NFL. And I worry about guys that are this small, like, Ty, you know, Tariq Cohen. Um, there was a guy from Oregon a few years ago. Um, <clears throat> Michael James. 
I think was his name. They just don't last very long um, in the NFL. I mean, Darren Sproles is a guy that I think of that's kind of this size, but he's he's just kind of one in a million. He's an anomaly. But um, a great player, great passion, can really help a team maybe on third downs, but I really have a hard time believing he's going to get a lot of role um, on, on a team just because of his size. Take it away with your number five, Daniel. Number five, Kendra Miller, uh, TCU running back. Um, a guy that's kind of flying under the radar. What? <laughs> he didn't even blip on mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's how under the radar he is. Um, he was in the national championship game. I mean, that's so he was on a decent team. Um, he had some decent players around him, but he's 20 years old, six foot, 220. Um, he has the production. Last year, he rushed for 17 touchdowns, okay, 1,399 yards, and he had over 200 carries. Um, the guy can do it. He he is a solid all-around player. Um, like I said, it's so funny. Kendra Miller is one of those players that is – on everyone's board, but everyone has him in a, in a different area. Like it's like some people have him even up at like RB three and four. And then some, some are like RB 10 or, or, you know, or less. Um, his, his blocking was questionable at times, but, um, he is just his agility and, he can catch the ball well. He is a very good overall, like just good running back. My my pro comp for him is a taller Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Jones um, is kind of one of those all around guys that surprises you. Um, Kendra Miller isn't really taking a um, a draw handoff and you know beating the offensive line and then taking it to the house. He's probably not going to be doing that but I don't see Aaron Jones doing anything like that either. So I was just kind of thinking of a player that's really explosive, really good at everything, doesn't really have that much of a weakness, um, but is really under the radar. Um, and Aaron Jones is that. So um, he he's a good blocker as well. So I think he's going to he's gonna land on the field. Um, so yeah, um, Kendry Miller, he, like I said, he's got the accolades. He's on a good team. Um, I can't find any pro comps that other other people might have had, but um, yeah, number five for me. And he's six okay. foot. Yeah, two fifteen is what I'm seeing on on NFL.com. That's what I see. Big also, back. yep, two fifteen And you mentioned five eleven two fifteen is perfect prototypical <clears throat> size. I love that. It is. You mentioned a, a taller Aaron Jones. We just talked about a chain. Uh, Aaron Jones is a half an inch taller than. Aaron Jones, I'm sorry, then, uh, uh, Aaron Jones is half an inch taller than a chain. Just I'm going back to, to the previous but one. But he's like but. 30 pounds heavier. Yeah, that's and the key. That's the thing. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, pretty that's funny. That's what gets you longevity and can, you know, take on a NFL bell cowish role. I'm not crapping on you a chain pick, Corey. Not crapping on it at all. What is Corey? What's your five? All right. Uh, my number five, speaking of 5'11, 215, we've got Israel Izzy Abanaconda out of Pittsburgh. 
All right. He's a big back. He's hard to bring down. He looks the part. We were talking about the, the armbands and he's got a visor on. He looks good. He looks good out there on the field. He looks like an NFL, like a star. He looks like, yeah, he does. Star. like a star. Yeah, he does. I've got him written down. He's a complete back downhill runner. He can take it to the house. He's got that speed. Um, I didn't see a lot of pass pass blocking, but he does have the size to do it. My pro comp was Josh Jacobs. Um, okay. Mainly, mainly just because I don't like I don't. Josh Jacobs isn't one to kind of get in the open field and make a bunch of dudes miss and be throwing dudes off of him. Abanacan is not going to do that either. He's going to go straight downhill. He's going to get to the second level, and if he can break a tackle, he can go to the house. Uh, he's not going to be juking anybody. He's not going to be putting anybody in spin cycles. And that's, I think, probably what separates him from the top two or three guys on this list. Um, but, yeah, Izzy Abanaconda, one of these guys that if you're you you know you're looking for a starting running back, you want to add some competition in your backfield, bring this guy in. He could, I think he could definitely do it. Uh, you're talking about pro comps from maybe other people. I was watching a video last night. I saw him compared to Jeff Wilson, which I didn't really see. I, I view Jeff Wilson more as like a – like a lighter, like scat back type, but uh, Abanaconda for me is more of like he's got that workhorse body type to me at the two at the five eleven two fifteen, just prototypical visor armbands. He's gonna be ready to go. Love it. I love him. He's my number four. <laughs> he was up next. <laughs> he like like Corey said, just everything checks checks all the boxes for me. I. You know, it's funny. I had to look up what people were saying about his weaknesses because I didn't see any <laughs> in the game film. Um, and, you know, they're they're like nitpicking, like runs in a hurried tempo and fails to press the line of scrimmage deeply and urgent but not overly creative. Like they're just they're coming up with negatives yeah. for this guy. He is. I was I was looking up um, earlier. He has. He's a two-time gold medalist in the state of New York for a 100-meter dash, a track athlete, okay? Wow. His dad um, was born in Nigeria, ran track as well. So, like, the guy's got good pedigree. Um, also, at his pro day, um, everybody runs low 4.4s four at your pro day. It just happens because there's, you know, you're not at the combine. But um, he had a 41-inch vertical and a 10-foot-8 broad jump. So he didn't um, he didn't go to the combine. He he was hurt, but did that at his pro day. Both of those would have been number one among running backs. So the guy is a freak athlete. Um, I I loved loved his tape. He had 239 carries, so he is able to uh, carry a load. 1431 yards, and he had 20 rushing touchdowns. So. Yeah. He ran for more than 100 yards in nine of 11 games last season. The dude took over games. I I love Izzy, and yeah. my pro comp for him was Travis Etienne. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. That's so fun. You, you mentioned yeah. You mentioned the the armbands and the visor and all that swag. He he's got it going on. This guy and, looks uh, like a running back. Like so, yeah. He looks five eleven, two fifteen, perfect size. I love. I, I cannot wait to see where he is drafted because if he is drafted somewhere in the third round, well, look out. Yeah, yeah. he's he's going to be cream hunt. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't have the pro day information like you had. I'm glad you had that. Um, but it's a combination of the power and the speed, right? Like he's a physical runner. He gets downhill and he'll he'll put his head down and take some hits. Um, and for me, so just a little backtrack. Him and uh, Devin A. Chain both scored out equally for me. Uh, but I gave Izzy the nod just because of that workhorse potential and A. Chain's lack of maybe role at the next level. And we don't know what he can be. But yeah. Is he a Bonaconda? I, yeah, I'm really excited because he could definitely be a stud in this league. And he's going to be a day two, three guy. Yeah, he could fall to four. We don't know. We don't know how these teams view him. But if a team needs a starting running back, I mean, this this guy's just value all over. You know, if you're dynasty fantasy football, try to get your hands on this guy. Um, it'd be awesome. The, the bad thing is this year, Corey, you mentioned it also, how deep the you know, the draft classes and teams can wait. So it's yeah. like, you know, guys like this on a normal year are an easy, you know, late second, third round pick. But there are so many guys that you may see them go half a round to a round later than they normally would. And maybe this year isn't the year to, uh, to really look into the draft capital as much as normal because teams can wait this yeah. year. Absolutely. So he was my number four. So go ahead uh, with your number four. My number four. And man, I watched this guy and I wanted him so badly to be like one or two. So I go out and I score my guys. I've got elusiveness or like playmaking is one of my criteria receiving between the tackles just as a pure runner and then pass blocking, which I mentioned in the tight end show is a way to get onto the field as a pro. Um, Man, I really wanted to adjust this guy's scores just because of how much I liked him when I watched him. Like, this might be my favorite running back in this class, but he came in at four just on uh, just on score. Uh, and that's Tajay Spears out of Tulane. He's five foot 10, 190 pounds. This guy is an absolute playmaker. Like, this guy in the open field, almost impossible to break down, to- impossible to bring down top end speed like just elite playmaking ability you can get him on the edge like it's it's unbelievable every like every game i turned on and he he absolutely dominated usc like tulane he dominated usc he did have a fumble in that game but like he's playing like top in top in teams as on a team like Tulane and just dominating this guy is unbelievable I've got a pro comp for uh as Alvin Kamara but just like sitting here thinking about what he can do in the open field like maybe like Christian McCaffrey like this guy is just unbelievable uh I've got him he he had a game-winning catch against Houston in overtime and he was spread out as a wide receiver uh just turn on some Tajay Spears film and your mind will be blown it's an absolute highlight tape i don't think it matters what game you go to it's probably all going to be the same he is absolutely unbelievable yeah just a solid guy and um unfortunately he didn't make my top six but he was literally right there and you mentioned that usc game i had to look it up because i knew it was huge um it was the cotton bowl and he won the mvp because he ran he rushed it 17 times for 205 yards and four touchdowns and it's that was all in their bowl game. It's all him, <laughs> dude. He's unbelievable. Yeah. It's not like it's not like he had the whole field to run around. Like he's making dudes miss, and it's it's unbelievable. 
Yeah, it's really unfortunate that he got hurt two years ago um, because he even dominated last year um, in 2021. 863 yards, nine touchdowns, um, and he he got hurt the the year before that. So he he would have had you know three straight solid years of statistics, and um, I, he's just all around a very good very good player. It seemed like yeah, five ten, two hundred. It just seemed like he played a little bit bigger than he was, and I was surprised to see that he weighed like right at two hundred. Um, cause he seemed like a guy that looked like he weighs like 215, 220 just cause of how he plays. Um, but yeah, 21 total touchdowns. I, I liked his tape a lot. I remember that. Um, and I was thinking of Tulane. All I could think of was Matt Forte. <laughs> I was like, man, these are the only two running backs to ever come out of this place. <laughs> um, but so I, I couldn't really come up with a pro comp for him, but, uh, just cause I was, I was stuck on the Matt Forte and he obviously is a different player than that. But, um, really good timing on, you know, cutting in and out of blocks. I remember him like um, looking up the field and following blocks and like letting guys get to their guys so that he can add more yards and just a really smart player. Um, I remember that on the film that I was watching. So yeah, really solid all around. I absolutely love him. If, if you get a chance, go watch the film versus USC. That's a top top tier football team in college football. And then that and the bowl versus- game, it's not like a, you know, average you know, regular season game, it's a bowl game. They're, these guys are all going balls to the wall. Yeah. And then uh, the game versus Houston where he, he comes up with the game winning touchdown, absolutely dominated in that game too. Absolutely fun watch. Tajay Spears is incredible. He's probably like my favorite player on this list. Like I hope he lands in a great spot and he's an absolute stud because he could be absolutely electric. Yep. Like I said, this this could be a guy that is drafted like – back of the second round or he could be a fourth rounder we just have yeah. no clue yeah <laughs> um so my number three uh might actually surprise you it is jameer gibbs a lot of people have him at number two um but again the size he's under 200 pounds and can't remember who it was. Somebody went through, like, and I know it's all relative, but fantasy finishes, which directly correlates to statistics in the NFL on how they do. But fantasy finishes, and there was only one guy that finished in the top 24 fantasy finish that was under 200 pounds. So it's almost like you have to, you have to have the weight to take the beating um, of, of the NFL. We were talking about that with uh, with a chain. But he's 5'9", 198, um, and he, he, he looks small. You know, like Travis Etienne, he looks smaller than he is. Jameer Gibbs plays, yeah, I mean, he's an excellent player, just explosive as can be, catches the ball really well, lightning fast. He was on Alabama, um, four-star recruit. I mean, he's, been, he's got the pedigree. Um, my, my pro comp was for him was a baby Alvin Kamara just cause that's who he is. That's who he looks like, um, when he's playing. I mean, he has a lot more strengths and weaknesses. Um, but, and here's a, here's a quote. Whenever Alabama's offense would hit a wall, they would get Gibbs involved in the passing game. And then everything starts clicking again. Like he is just a leader on the team. Very, very good player. Um, and has that home run capability, 
but it's just the it's just the frame. He lacks the frame of keeping up in the NFL. So like the last two seasons, we'll tell you right here. And nobody can name any other Alabama running backs that are on this team currently. Um, in 2021, he had 151 carries. And in 2022, he had 143 carries. I think that's what he is probably projected to see in the NFL. He's never going to be a 2 to 250 carry guy. Um, and then he's going to be he's going to be catching a lot of balls. So he had 44 catches and 36 catches the last two years. So, um, like I said, very very good player. He's only 21, so he's still young. Um, but just the size is the reason that he is at two and or three instead of two for me, because he is that talented that he is going to be a very very good player. Wow. Uh, my number three is also Jameer Gibbs. Wow, I did not see hey, that what, coming, guys. Daniel, Daniel, what did you have his measurements at? It was five nine one ninety eight. Okay, I had five nine one ninety nine. Yeah. So he's he's close to that two hundred mark. Like the, the Alvin Kamara. Now that you mention it, like the way he runs and the way he moves is Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's he's fast. He's a weapon, uh, and you know to earn a spot in Nick Saban's offense. You, like you've got to be good at football and you've got to be able to do your job. And I think I want to say this could be wrong. Uh, let me know if I am Daniel, but I feel like he took that job. Like after the beginning of the season, like maybe he wasn't the starting running back from day one and he kind of took it over. Um, but yeah, effective out of the past game, I've got him written down as most effective when he can get to the outside. So he struggled a little bit between the tackles, but explosive, really good player. Yeah, him and Brian Robinson split time the year before. Okay. Um, so it was kind of like, a, oh, we'll see who the next guy is, but it wasn't like, a, oh, guaranteed, this is the guy. Right. So yeah, you're right. So do we have the same number two then? I, that's Ooh, this is exciting. exciting. I mean, that's what I need to know. Who well, goes I just first? Went. Okay, Corey goes first. All right, so number two and this player actually, so I mentioned my scoring system. This player actually scored out the exact same as B. John Robinson. Um, B. John Robinson got the tiebreaker because he's faster. But this player had a bigger advantage in the passing game. And that player is Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Six foot, 214, prototypical, but man, he looks big when he's out there. He's got decent speed. Let's look at their 40s with Bijan since I'm comparing them. Uh, Bijan ran a 4.46, Charbonnet ran a 4.53. Uh, so he's a little bit slower. And I would say you can see that on the film. Charbonnet didn't take a lot of runs to the house. But in that second level, he's very similar to Bijan. He can shed tackles. Uh, there's points where there's like three guys on him and you think he's down. And then all of a sudden he pops out of the pile and he's five yards downfield. Like this is a workhorse. If you want a workhorse running back, this is your guy. And on top of all that, he's super effective in the passing game. This guy can run routes. Uh, I'll try to pull up his stats if I can, but absolute threat out of the backfield and he does a good job at it. He did it a lot at UCLA and that's one area where I feel like he has a little bit of an advantage over Bijan. Bijan did it. Bijan can do it, but Charbonnet, he does it like it's part of his game and he's got the similar frame in that first, second level. Absolutely effective. Um, just real. I mean, 
for me, the like one A one B Bijan. I think what really sets him above and why he got that tiebreaker is just because he can take it to the house. I'm sure Charbonnet can too, but that extra speed will you know sets Bijan apart just because of that. So, but yeah, Zach Charbonnet, absolutely love him. I have I have a pro comp for Austin Eckler, which. I don't know if that's the best pro comp, but I, like the way they kind of look on the field with their wide pads and the way Charbonnet is effective in the past game, Austin Eckler is a really physical runner as well. Uh, that, that was kind of my pro comp. I, I'm curious to know what yours is, Daniel, but yeah, love Zach Charbonnet. Mine was a uh, taller Nick Chubb. Sure. That was my sure. pro comp. Is he there your you second go. also? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am in love with Zach Charbonnet. I love he it. Is- he is so good. I I have been all over Zach Charbonnet all year in college football. Like at at work, it was me and another guy, and it was so funny. We would just say, "All right, who's Bijan playing this week, and who's Zach Charbonnet playing this week?" And we would bet on them to have over 100 yards and two touchdowns and parlay those together. And I'll tell you what, a few of those weeks hit. He is so good. Um, he even missed three games to injury. And he still had 195 attempts. Um, so he is definitely a bell cow. 202 attempts the year before, rushing attempts. He had 1,359 yards this year, 14 touchdowns on the ground, 13 the year before. He's only 22 years old. Like Corey said, 6'1". I've got him at 220. He's, he could take the load. He's good at catching. He's good at blocking. Um, like I said, like Corey said, the only weakness he has, if – if, if any that I could kind of pick apart is his top end speed. Like if he gets past that second level safeties may or may not catch him. Um, and that's the only difference between him and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's taking that to the house. Um, so maybe just a slightly um, small, uh, slower Nick Chubb, but he wears 24. I couldn't get it out of my brain when he was just breaking tackles. He comes to the outside, stiff arming guy shoves him into the ground, oh, does like spin moves. He hurt, he hurtling, hurtling people. And, like, there was one play where he broke, like, four tackles and he was still on his feet, and the announcer was like, how is this happening? This guy, who is this guy? Like, he just – his highlight reel is unreal uh, to look at. I am in love with Zach Charbonnet, and I really, really hope that um, NFL teams will be too. Now, here's the thing with Zach Charbonnet. Because of his build, he can't just go on any NFL offense. So if, if a team drafts him – they will be committing to him, right? So he's not like a Jameer Gibbs, like, oh, yeah, we already have, you know, our, our Zeke. We need this other guy, um, which a lot of teams now in the NFL want this big committee, committee of running backs. But if you have Zach Charbonnet on your team, he's not going to be a part of a committee. I'll tell you that right now. He is going to win out, and he's going to demand the ball because he is that good. But it might limit the amount of teams that want to draft him. Sure. So. I, I don't think, unless he goes in like the fifth or sixth round, if he goes in the fourth, I'm not scared. Um, but I, you know, like the draft will tell us, I'm, I'm sure these rankings will change a little bit, but Zach Charbonnet is my number two running back for sure pre-draft in this, this draft class. Wow. If you guys would have told me that your top three running backs would have matched perfectly and that Gibbs was not number two, I wouldn't have believed a fucking word of it. Like I'd have thought the yeah. whole thing was completely made up. And everybody in the industry has one, two. It's Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. 
but I, I just love Zach Charbonnet. I assume you guys didn't talk about this before. Like, I'm honestly no. dumb. I'm dumbfounded by this. Nope. Nope. Did not. Wow. Didn't say a word. And that actually, the only thing when I texted you guys earlier and said, hey, since we obviously know Bijan's number one, do you guys want to go through two to six? And I was thinking as I sent that, I was like, maybe Corey is going to shock us again, and maybe Bijan isn't going to be his number one. But then so, yeah, was like, it, yeah, it, was, it. It, it was close, <laughs> right? It, like Charbonnet, they, they literally scored out the same. Here, let me look at their differences here. I had eight, nine, ten, nine. I do think Bijan is in a tier of his own. But I I love Charbonnet enough to where it, uh, it it warms me to have you talk about him on the same light. Yeah, so it was literally I had them both as ten out of ten between the tackles. Pass blocking was nine because of their size and how like just how often they're on the field. I gave receiving a nine to Charbonnet and eight to Bijan and like elusive elusiveness playmaking a nine to Bijan. And uh, an eight to Charbonnet just because of that top end speed, which honestly, I probably could have put that at 10 for Bijan and solved all this. But yeah, I, I love them both. I love them both a lot. Yeah. And Chip Kelly, I mean, the way he runs um, an offense, we obviously know he's, he's trying to set records on how quick he can, you know, make plays and all that stuff. So your guys have got to be really equipped to handle that high, like, you know, you got to have a lot of, um, what's the word? Sorry. Hold on. I'll get it. Sorry, Tony. We almost had an unedited show. It, it's going to stay unedited. Figure it out. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> Figure it out. Well, now you, now you got me all distracted. So you got to have stamina and you got to be smart. Is. And you got to be smart to be able to to be able to stay in the lineup in a Chip Kelly offense, and he stayed in all year long. Other than his injuries, which were kind of random at times, um, he he did very very well staying on the field, like he will in the NFL because he's going to be a freaking bell cow. He is a bell cow guy. James Conner comes to mind a little bit when I think of him, sure. like a better James Conner. Yeah. Yeah, he, he reminded me, honestly, of Latavius Murray. Like, when Latavius was first in the league with the Raiders and was, like, blowing people away of how big he was. And um, I think even Latavius was bigger than he is. But um, before Latavius Murray was washed, that reminds me of Zach Charbonnet. There it is. There you have it. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three, three.